Would you like to exchange best practices and ideas to improve care, enhance operational efficiency, and address financial challenges with your peers? Becker's Healthcare is facilitating these conversations at their 8th Annual Health IT, Digital Health, and RCM meeting. You can check your eligibility for complimentary attendance at the link in the description. We are excited to welcome you in October. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Ralph Riello, who's a clinical pharmacy specialist in cardiorenal and metabolism, clinical and translational research accelerator at Yale School of Medicine. Ralph, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Yeah, thanks so much, Laura. Appreciate the invitation. Now, I know we've got a lot to talk about. There's so much happening right now in healthcare and really lots of changes. Uh, but before we dive into my questions, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Yeah, of course. So, so as I mentioned, I'm Ralph Riello, the board-certified clinical pharmacy specialist in cardiorenal metabolism, and embedded within the Clinical Translational Research Accelerator uh, down at Yale School of Medicine, where, where honestly, I, I'm part of such an unbelievably talented clinical research team, all working to study sort of innovative digital health solutions in order to overcome clinical inertia and, and you know disrupt that 17-year knowledge translation gap between what we're supposed to do, like evidence-based medicine, guideline concordant care and what we actually do in real-world clinical practice, um, especially for patients with cardiovascular disease. Absolutely. Wow. I know that's you know such an important uh, topic and, and definitely impacts so many lives across the United States in terms of people you know with cardiovascular issues and challenges. So I'm excited to hear more about what you're doing at Yale. Um, given that, what do you see as some of the big opportunities right now? What are you really focused on? And then headwinds that you have your eye on too. Yeah, great question. So look over to the horizon. And, and honestly, I think my research team and I currently have our sites fixated on, on what's going to be um, our fourth consecutive late-breaking clinical trial presentation uh, for our recently completed prompt acute heart failure, prompt AHF study. Um, that's upcoming uh, just uh, May 22nd, actually, European Society of Cardiology's Heart Failure Conference over in Prague. So uh, pun intended, be sure to check it out um, at the end of this month. And, and honestly, perhaps even a little bit further down the road, I, I really think our innovative approach to, to really make a commitment to rigorously study the impact of clinical decision support. And, and by that, I mean, you know, targeted user-centered best practice advisories uh, coupled with dynamic smart set technology that's, that's entirely pragmatic, embedded in the electronic health record system and, and deploys right at that point of care. Um, we sort of proven now that that, that approach, or, or at least our unique prompt approach for, for heart failure, for ASCVD, um, and some other studies coming down the road that, that, that we can truly impact prescriber behavior um, to, to help make more informed evidence-based treatment decisions. And, and it sounds like that might be a lot of work, um, but uh, really these, these EHR optimizations are, are fairly low cost and, and really rapidly scalable intervention uh, to, to really give a boost to evidence-based practice um, in patients with cardiovascular disease across our system. So, you know, um, I think looking even further down the horizon, you know, I mentioned that our, my research team's clinical realm of expertise is certainly in, you know, cardiorenal disease, um, but, but we, we've got an eye beyond cardiology and, and we really want to step out of our therapeutic area comfort zone, if you will, and, and test this sort of prompt process approach to clinical informatics platforms, you know, in, in other chronic diseases that, you know, have major morbidity, uh, morbidity mortality risks and, and have persistent evidence-based practice treatment gaps. So um, lots of stuff out out there. I think we might tackle kidney disease next, uh, other maybe even acute illnesses of major morbidity, mortality, you know, hepatic encephalopathy, infective endocarditis, complicated by use disorder. Uh, really, I think the possibilities are endless where this sort of uh, clinical decision support 
technology can help bridge treatment gaps for, for honestly almost any disease, acute or chronic. Absolutely. Wow. That's fantastic and amazing to hear. And I can imagine that, you know, the clinicians and all those who are working with patients really appreciate that opportunity and, and the support there. I know it's a, a lot that they're working through. It's a very busy time, challenging time. And in, in some cases with staff shortages, just being able to optimize that decision-making, I, I can imagine really makes a big difference. Yeah. The struggle is real, as they say. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you know, when you're thinking through growth and development in the future, how are you looking at adding value to the organization overall, whether it's at Yale or, you know, in particular, some of this research I can imagine really translates to so many other hospitals and health systems that, that they can use and um, really be, have an impact, uh, you know, nationwide. And so how do you think about that? What, you know, value are you looking at a value creation in particular? Yeah, so I, you're spot on here with this question, not just bringing value to our own organization, but but even looking beyond care in our own community and, and what we can do for other health systems across the country. You know, you know, as I mentioned before, that in my research team, we're, we're beginning to look beyond sort of our clinical comfort zone and cardiorenal metabolism and, and really seeking out other promptable conditions. And, you know, not only expanding to, to what different diseases we want to target next to, you know, help close those evidence practice gaps, but, but even, you know, growing beyond that and collaborating with other like-minded learning healthcare systems, you know, in, in partnership on, you know, really large, adequately powered multi-center trials to, you know, not just prove what benefit I can, I can bring to my providers and my patients in my own health system, but also learn the benefits of, of these alerting systems, how they can be applied outside of our organization and, and truly impact, you know, population health at a, at a national or even an international level. Um, I think thus far, we're, we're pretty convinced so far, lucky, you know, based on the pretty overwhelming success of each of the prompt trials we've had before. And, and certainly some of the ongoing ones, which we'll be showcasing soon at major conferences uh, in a theater near you, um, that, that we can really make an impact on, on any healthcare provider in any system that's just really seeking to make a more informed evidence-based treatment decision. And honestly, with a fairly light lift investment and just to optimize the EHR, that, that you know, this scalable intervention, if, if an institution is committed to spreading it across the enterprise, that we can share that quality data back and forth and, you know, collaborate in more of a consortium um, that, that any stakeholder wanting to improve pop health that's interested in informatics, um, you know, can, can directly apply these benefits, incorporate them into our own institution. And, uh, and we certainly have some ongoing efforts like that now, uh, especially in heart failure. Um, working with other institutions across the country to incorporate some of these alerting systems we've already studied, bringing them to their institutions as well. That way we can not just, you know, improve the process metrics of care, but also have a big enough population to improve hard cardiovascular outcomes as well. Absolutely got it. No, that's so helpful. And, and certainly, you know, looking at that sharing of data, sharing of information makes a huge difference. And it's amazing to think about how easy it is now, ideally, to to connect and, and really um, be able to have that information open and available for people um, as they need it across the board. So that's awesome to hear. Now, you know, I'd love to hear from your perspective too, what you see as being an important investment that's still worth making this year. Obviously, we've talked through some of the challenges that healthcare organizations have <laughs> overall. You know, it's not the easiest year financially or, um, mm -hmm. you know, with resources on the staffing side, et cetera. So just love to hear your perspective on if you're going to, you know, with the limited resources that you have, what's still so important to be focused on. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, in this, uh, you know, resource trapped environment, you know, what, if I could pick one risk, uh, or at least an investment, I think that's worth making is, is, is one that the one that we're currently in the process of doing, and, and that's to establish sort of a, a, a multi-center 
uh, prompt sort of consortium, if you will, where where the same sort of clinical decision support technology, you know, best practice advisory, smart set order sets, those kind of things that that we've you know proven that work in our own prospective randomized trials in my health system, but joining up with other sort of epic facilities across the country that are you know also interested in in big scope quality improvement projects such as these um, to partner, share that data back and forth, and you know not just prove you know, what these alerts can do in my own system, but, but, you know, expand that out, scale that as wide as we can and, you know, offer that technology, embed it within another institution's symptoms, sort of pool our data together and then compare notes, share best practices. And, and we kind of call it uh, this, this prompt HF multi-center consortium that that's been growing. We have five sites on right now, actively recruiting more and, and, you know, trying to just make it as easy as possible to, to sort of have an interoperable um, clinical support sharing tool. And, and sure, our first disease that we're targeting is definitely going to be heart failure. That's where we've had the most and the earliest success. But, but there's no reason why this can't be expanded once that groundwork's laid um, to really take some risk in other disease too, where, where maybe the impact of using clinical support tools hasn't really been as proven um, and, you know, daring to sort of dream to close evidence-based treatment gaps for, for other high morbidity mortality disease states that have unmet needs as well. Absolutely. What an amazing vision for the future in terms of being able to have access to that information, not only for heart disease, but so many other areas. And um, I can imagine it, that makes a big difference for patient care, especially. Um, and then to how you're looking through, you know, what options that patients have and where they're really going to be most beneficial based on who the patient is, where they come from and in other areas that can really target what's going to be best for them. So that's awesome and, and love to, to see that come to fruition. Um, and, and looking into the future as well, where do you see some big opportunities for growth and development for yourself as well as the teams that you work with? How do you see the Research Accelerator really expanding and evolving? Wow, yeah, great question, right? Always looking with an eye to the future. And, and honestly, I think this question is related to sort of a, a, a mantra that I've, that I've it kind of coined um, by thinking about all these projects in this sort of informatic space. And it's, it's that the EHR should be viewed as the only provider in the entire health system that sees every patient everywhere all the time. And, and in that same vein, I, I think the best opportunity for future growth here is, is to really embrace that wholeheartedly. So, you know, within the health information technology space that obviously Becker so strongly supports with all of the conferences dedicated to that area. Uh, you know, what I mean by that is, is healthcare is slowly but surely moving toward an almost inevitable digital first or, or perhaps even digital only sort of, you know, singularity, if you will, that institutions that that certainly are early adopters and you know embrace that innovative spirit and disruptive health IT sort of investment and adoption you know investing in clinical research trials that focus on this very kind of EHR optimization work that that we've done with all the prompt studies or or perhaps even taking that a bit further and and committing to some of the you know fast healthcare interoperability resources such as fire hl7 you name it and and really making these these tools totally interoperable so totally agnostic to to what you know EHR platform you happen to be using and, and sure like our our studies our enterprise is is an epic facility both inpatient and outpatient but but you know Cerner is still about 25% of the EHR marketplace so so how can we make sure that any institution whether or not you're on you know Meditech Cerner Epic Athena what have you that that these interoperability standards which are you know now really supported from a regulatory fashion by the US government and the NIH um, is that that's the direction we should sort of be moving toward is that total interoperability open access, total transparency, and really just being part of a collaborative team to help share 
share all those best practices as rapidly as possible so that so that the stuff that works can be scaled quickly to other institutions that are looking to adopt you know novel or innovative ways to to help bring better therapies to patients wherever they might be absolutely i love it and, and definitely so such a great vision um, in, in Rolf, thank you so much. And we're excited to have you speak at our Health IT Digital Health and Revenue Cycle event in October. I know a lot of these themes will come up and really those discussions are forwarding the way that healthcare is evolving in the future. So I'm excited you'll be part of that and looking forward to meeting you in person there. Oh, I'm looking forward to come back to the conference. I just hope uh, George Bush's Secret Service doesn't escort me out of my uh, panel room <laughs> in this time because that certainly happened last year. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. You never know who you're going to run into uh, at the Becker's meeting. So absolutely. Well, we're thrilled about it. And this year, we've got Tim Tebow coming uh, for a speaking spot, as well as a few other um, celebrity highlights. So that'll be great. No, oh, wow. I'm sure he could tackle me off the podium anytime he wants. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And we'll be in touch soon. Of course, Laura. It's my pleasure. Thank you again for the invitation. It was a great discussion today. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.